This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, welcome back to Off the Break Podcast. We are excited. We had a great weekend, and today is National Popcorn Day. Yeah, the day we're recording, we're celebrating National Popcorn Day. I haven't seen anyone in the office eating popcorn yet. Which is a little surprising as Ken destroys our <laughs> studio. <laughs> he just knocked something over. Not That's a big right. deal. But I'm just surprised I, I haven't seen any popcorn being popped yet. Well, this is out of respect for you who is a, a freak who doesn't like, <laughs> who doesn't like popcorn. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I guess I deserved being called out for that. Even yeah. though I haven't or I've already been called out before, but... <laughs> Yeah, I just I just imagined everyone else would. I hope <laughs> theaters have though. I, I, if we're open, we have popcorn. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, no uh, more. Hashtag, happy National Popcorn Day, everyone. No more no more popcorn shortages. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that was a scare. <laughs> just gonna we're just gonna transition to like clams or something. Yeah. Clams are the thing you get at movie theaters. Can we have a clam shortage? <laughs> we're gonna do we're gonna do something else where we just sell something random at movie theaters that you oh, can't get anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> Moving on. If you want scallops, you go to the theater. <laughs> oh, of course, the perfect movie snack. Yeah, sure. Something. <laughs> we're gonna have to pivot hard. It's gonna be something aggressively different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> just every every movie theater is known for like amazing bagels. <laughs> Their cream cheese is just the right amount of <laughs> yeah. right amount of dairy and cheese. Homemade and... cream cheese and yeah, we gotta do something different if if for some reason we have a popcorn shortage. I'd probably get bagels. <laughs> I'd be that weirdo. <laughs> the whole theater smells like baked bread <laughs> instead of popcorn now. Would it not smell just as good? Yeah, no. I like it. All right, let's keep that in our back pockets. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Kyle. Let's keep <laughs> this that bit's in our, over. Let's keep it in our back pockets, just in case. We need that later. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Um, I guess one thing that we do want to mention, it's Kyle and Ken again for this episode. And I think for the time being, it's going to be that way. Um, Cody is going to be away from the mic, uh, just has been busy with work and some other things to where she doesn't want to feel like it's being a burden that she's on the podcast and not enjoying the most of it. So it'll just be us for the time being. But she, She's married to me. She shares the office with Kyle. She's sick of us. She just wants... You know, 45 minutes to herself once a week. Well, I, was, I wasn't going to lay it on. <laughs> hey, let's, let's put it out there. I was going to put it out there. I was going to slowly get to that. <laughs> she's, she's moving on for a half an hour every week. Um, yeah, so hopefully she'll be back soon, or we might have her doing other stuff with the podcast, um, which we're still behind the scenes working on. So hopefully you can be able to hear um, for this short period of time that we'll be doing this, but... For right now, is just going to be Ken and I, and hopefully you guys continue listening to us and have fun with us as we talk about the industry. Well, behind the scenes, we've had an interesting week where Kyle's saying that he didn't give me a bad movie recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> so for context, last episode, Ken chewed me out for giving him a bad movie recommendation. Uh, I told him that... Was, was the movie Moonfall a bad movie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> It was a bad movie <laughs> that I somehow enjoyed. <laughs> and so forgetting that I said that many episodes ago, I felt bad that I gave him such a bad recommendation. But as I was editing the podcast, uh, clipping out 
uh, what I said from that episode putting it into last week's episode, I kind of, at least to me, felt like I didn't exactly give you a recommendation. I felt like it was more off the cusp of me saying, hey, you might like it. Okay, Wolf Blitzer, take me to the spin zone. (laughs) Sure, I might be twisting my words, but when I was listening to it, I was expecting to hear like, Ken, I think you would really like this movie. But instead it came off more as, yeah, you might like this movie. What you said in the podcast verbatim was, I think you would like this movie. Yeah. What you meant was, Ken, this is the best movie I've ever seen, (laughs) and you will deeply recommend it. And that's what I felt. That's what you felt, but that was not on my end. (laughs) I can promise you that much. Oh, well, Moonfall was not great, but we had a great weekend with some wide releases. Yeah. um, I just was kind of noticing this past weekend that basically the top five was having movies gross over 10 million. I mean, even playing over exceeded people's expectations and wound up making over 10 million. Like Megan and Avatar both had really small drop-offs. Puss in Boots ended up making like a million or two more than it did last weekend. And it just, you know, January is always like a a time period for theaters to where we like fear. (laughs) We're in constant fear of like things not working and... I don't know. It's nice to have a January where you look at the release slate, you look at everything performing, you go, okay, things are good. Things are yeah. things are nice. <laughs> no, this did not happen. I mean, we had, um, at at Christmas, we had Whitney Houston and Babylon open, and normally we have, you know, a, a handful of $10 million films around the holidays that open and, and do that with. But even this year, Thanksgiving, we had devotion that didn't do any business Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there wasn't that i mean this is odd that january had it's not the biggest week but it's the 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 strongest week per by film sure at least the strongest median we've had in a very long time for grosses yeah and i think part of it does have to do with audiences still wanting to see avatar and then they possibly have to like pivot to other movies but i mean even still it's just nice to see product that isn't like the A titles, but it's more of the B titles that people are walking out to and seeming to have good word of mouth. I mean, it's helping, you know, a title such as Megan perform as well as it has so far. Even Puss in Boots is doing the same thing. I think now there's audiences that are more in my age demographic, like 20s and above or college students that are going out to see this movie. And it's not just, you know, families with younger kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's this, this shows that there's repeat viewings. Yeah. Of Avatar, of Megan, of Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting a solid openings. And then we had Jar Butler making $10 million every time he opens a film. <laughs> <laughs> and the box office, $10 million guaranteed. Not that that's a huge number. That's not like the old Johnny Depp's good for $50 million number, but it's a solid number. Yeah. I mean, every time he makes a movie. And this, I mean, this movie is called Plain. <laughs> I as mean, much as we were excited for this, we thought we would be the only two. <laughs> this isn't a law-abiding citizen. This isn't Olympus Has Fallen. Like this the is, catchiest action titles. Yeah, this is plain, without an exclamation point, or snakes on it. Not even <laughs> plain has fallen, yeah. or jungle action plane. Plain, <laughs> question mark? <laughs> in plain sight? Not even with a, <laughs> oh, in plain sight would have been such a good title. God, this is why you're a names guy. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I contribute here. But then, you know, Otto expanded. It didn't do 
obviously as well per screen average, but it, it opened and, and did a solid number two, which shows us that, you know, Tom Hanks isn't a, isn't a, uh, game changer, but he's, he's good for openings that are going to be reliable, recognizable movie star type. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this isn't a movie. I mean, regardless of its feel good, if it's doesn't have Tom Hanks in it, this is a $2 million opener. Oh yeah. It has nothing to do with the film. It just is the fact that it's PG 13 Tom Hanks. There's some comedy in it and that's what it is. Yeah. It needed to be Tom Hanks and not like, I don't know, Bill Nye with that work. (laughs) (laughs) I think there is a movie and he's in now that's like grumpy old man type thing. Yeah. We've got living, which goes wide on the 27th of January, which. Oh, I was right. (laughs) Looks like an absolute snooze fest. (laughs) And the poor, poor Bill Nye. They just keep dragging him out there with his messed up hands and (laughs) get after it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm sensitive. Since I, I apparently, finger, I, I wasn't since, really sure where to go with that. Oh, no. I Since since I injured my fingers two years ago, very sensitive about anybody that has, like, hand issues, deformities. Anytime they, like, chop a finger off in a movie, a la John Wick 3, mm-hmm. I, oh, it makes me it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's the simplest thing. I can watch someone mow down an entire bus full of nuns and it doesn't affect <laughs> me at all. And then somebody like, Oh, I cut my finger. I'm like, Oh God, no. <laughs> Please yeah, don't see, do that. In movies, you need a relatability factor. Oof. Clearly his is cutting off fingers. Yes. That's, that's where it gets me for some reason. <laughs> uh, all right. So before we go to our main topic, I did want to mention this one thing. Um, not a big deal, but MGM has a streaming service now. Since when? Yeah, you you mentioned that you saw this during football games this weekend. Yeah. And then I I saw this when I was um, clicking around the TV that it came up as an ad for MGM Plus. Yeah, (laughs) MGM Plus. They joined the Plus family. And MGM is now owned by Amazon. We know this. Amazon has one of the biggest streaming services with Amazon Prime, which you don't pay for. It's an add-on for having... Amazon Prime shipping service. Right. So you can't, I mean, you can pay, I'm sure you can pay for it separately, but it's it's a package deal. Yeah, usually it's the package deal. Yeah. Yeah. So why did Amazon need to create another streaming service? I mean, what does MGM have? They have James Bond. They have James Bond. They have... Rocky. Rocky. And they have apparently a series with a second season starring Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> that i missed that was like the main thing that they had they had some because they had some show with forrest whitaker i'm like are you kidding me so i checked out their website too there's like a browse button so i was able to see what titles they have mm-hmm. instead of like having to sign up for it which yeah. perfect this is perfect for what i wanted to talk about on the episode and you're right pretty much it's like the same scroll features that you see on like a netflix or disney and you know those they have like a whole bunch of varieties of like groupings of whether genre or brands within their own brand here with mgm it was oh the james bond collection Ooh, the rocky collection <laughs> comedies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> action movies <laughs> and i i did this um a while ago when or i guess it was it might have been a couple weeks ago when hbo max added the menu i i logged in i had an account from when it was Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. So I logged in, not signing up for my subscription, and I'm like, I'm gonna go through and add everything to my list that I want to watch and see what's what's here. Yeah. 
And I'm like, okay. And I spent like 10 solid minutes like picking things out, like I'm going to do this, just flipping through the browsing. And there were like six six things I wanted to watch <laughs> Oh no! for $16 a month. And I'm like, I, I guess this has made my decision for me. <laughs> I have a feeling this would happen even faster with MGM Plus where it's like, I have seen all of the Rockies multiple times. I have you seen... have the VHSs probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have... a few James Bond movies for myself. I've like... seen all of the James Bonds that I want to see in, yeah. in enough times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what else do you have? And it's like, a bunch of these crazy like series that must have been on some cable channel. Yeah, that <laughs> it feels like the Showtime shows that didn't make it to Showtime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Showtime's like, now nah, you can have these. Yeah, take them. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was the funny thing. Like the commercial was showing like the historical movies that NGM has had for the span of time since they first got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, created and started up, but yeah, I saw them in the commercials, but it still felt more Bond and Rocky than anything else. And then when I'm browsing through it, I'm like, where's all of like your prestige stuff? Like you're, you're, you're not even showing that you're showing Forrest Whitaker rip off hot garbage. That's what you're showing me is hot garbage. Yeah. It's just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that there was, I should have believed it, but I couldn't believe there was a streaming service for how much we talk about it. Never once has this come across or played. So I don't know if this happened like just now or if it's been around for a while. It seems so strange. And it's, if, if this is the first time I've seen this, they are so late to the party. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, MGM was their own uh, United artists. MGM Annapurna was Mm. their own entity until probably like the middle of last year. Yeah, around that time. And so they feasibly could have done this years ago when everybody's like, we're starting a streaming service. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could buy um, Car and Driver's streaming service for like $4.99 a month. Yeah. Something similar. You can buy Discovery's streaming service, which I won't even get into because it's going to become Discovery, HBO Max, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you can get Discovery Channel, TLC. You can get all these little piecemeal streaming services for four to five dollars a month right and this is what this is but it's like we've been doing this since 20 end of 2019 is when we started to have the discussion when disney plus was gonna come out yeah this is when the dance started yeah you are literally three years late to the party (laughs) (laughs) and and you had amazon so it's like plug and play it's already there yeah why why did you spend why did anyone whether it was before or after being bought from Amazon, spend the money to make this a thing. And why am I now just seeing it? Like, why did you decide to put a commercial for it yeah. <laughs> now when you have Amazon Prime? That's would literally assume, what it's for. I would assume you have all the titles. On, yeah. Had all the titles or some semblance of the titles already on the Prime streaming service. Mm-hmm. So just add another one to... It's just so crazy. Yeah. So I just needed to talk this out. Because I felt like I was losing my mind. I thought I was imagining yeah. that this was real. But Speaking of crazy, I'm going to go crazy on your next topic here. Yeah. Um, so the Hollywood Reporter came out with an article that was talking about uh, 2023 and how there's fear that's going to be happening throughout the year that the release slate for 2023 is not diverse enough. That it's not going to be robust enough to where we can still have a solid understanding of whether 
movie theater and its industry can be able to have uh, long-term su- success. And some of their main points that they were pointing up was that um, it still wasn't quite the box office numbers that they were thinking that would happen in 2022. They also pointed out that um, while there were blockbusters that came out, there wasn't anything more robust, such as like family animated titles. There wasn't enough of those or wasn't enough that were as successful as they should have been or things such as comedies, which we already kind of knew back in like the end of 2020, 2021, that that was going to be the case. Comedies were going to be hard to play well in theaters, but I think 2022 kind of fixed that to a degree. So it just was an article that made me pull my hair out just because I thought that the end of 2022 and the start of 2023 was supposed to be that we see that there is life in the industry, long-term life in the industry, but yet we're still having these articles and these conversations come out to where they're like oh i don't know i don't know if this is gonna work out still and it's like are we still are we still at this point i thought that we were able to move on and see good signs coming out of 2023 yeah as we write articles and hollywood reporter depends on our industry to keep them going yeah we'll just keep dumping on i mean we just talked about how this is going to turn into one of the most remarkable Januaries we've had Mm -hmm. just based on what we've had already. Right. And we don't have any hope for, um, be a big hope for missing or infinity pool this next weekend that are going to go wide to medium wide. Mm -hmm. But saying that we're at where we're at, I mean, we've had so many Januaries where the year starts off with a movie that opens to less than a million dollars, the wide release. And then you're like, Oh God, no, (laughs) we've got five weeks of this, but they want a diverse slate, and I felt like that was their their buzzword. Like, we have to use the word diverse in this, and it's like, no, we our film schedule is more diverse than it has ever been, mm-hmm. whether it's who is acting in the films, who's directing the films, what the content of the films is, films are. I mean, we have four or five um, superhero movies. We should. As an industry, we should have four or five superhero movies every summer, starting at Valentine's Day until Labor Day. That's yeah. that's what should be there because it sells tickets. Yeah, for sure. Regardless of what you think diverse is, there are a hundred other movies on the slate during that time. I mean, this schedule saying things are diverse. I mean, looking at what our <laughs> our summer looks like. And I, I say summer starting with, with Guardians of the Galaxy the first week of May. We have Guardians of the Galaxy. The next week we have Book Club 2. The next week we have Fast 10. The next week we have The Little Mermaid. The next week we have Spider-Man. The next week we have a Transformers movie. The next week we have A Flash. The Two weeks later we have Indiana Jones. Two weeks later, we have Mission Impossible. The week after that, we have Barbie and Oppenheimer opening against each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's not two more two more diverse films that we can think of to put together like that. That's going to be such a great day. I really hope they don't move. <laughs> I really hope they don't move. I could easily see one of them the, being like, we'll move back a weekend when it's like, no, this is perfect. Like, We need more of these yeah. box office battles. The Are other you one kidding? that I'm laughing about is um, Memorial Day weekend. We have The Little Mermaid. Who's uh you know she's she wears her clamshells to mm. stay covered, and then we have the machine with Burt Kreischer who doesn't wear a shirt to stay covered, <laughs> which is his signature. But I mean, beautiful comparison. 
<laughs> Last weekend of July is the Marvels, then into Ninja Turtles and the Meg together. I mean, we have this summer was a one track summer. It was uh, Top Gun into uh, Jurassic World into Lightyear, which underperformed into Minions into um, Thor. And mm-hmm. that was the end of our summer. Right. That was it. We had like five A titles, A plus titles. That was it. I see a dozen A plus titles this next summer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what who Oppenheimer's audience is other than people that like Christopher Nolan. That one's gonna yeah. be that one's gonna be an interesting. <laughs> I I think Universal's in for a rude awakening when that one comes out and it, it opens to I mean it opens to amazing acclaim and eight million dollars at the box office. No, because... not Nolan. He'll <laughs> He'll get it to at least twenty million. It's I mean yeah, but I mean it's a it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It needs it, it costs two hundred million dollars to make. They better hope that it's twenty million probably, opening. And knowing him after Tenet, they probably built an actual nuclear weapon to blow up oh, during I mean, this film. I'm anticipating it, it was it. somehow cheaper than the CGI. I'm anticipating. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Exactly. But there, this summer is loaded. If you are a theater that operates one, two, three, even four screens, mm-hmm. you are going to be missing product because there's so much in the summer and you're not going to be able to come off um, Spider-Verse or The Flash might surprise us. And Indiana Jones, you know, it has the potential because of the nostalgia factor. Obviously, number four didn't work, but as number five, you treat it as a standalone. This could be a... Yeah, a partial Top Gun where it creates this this excitement around it where people come back and remember one, two, and three, and it carries just mm. because of, you know, it it really heavily delves into the nostalgia, which number four did not. Right. <laughs> like this traffics in the fact that I'm old. <laughs> just like Tom Cruise is old. <laughs> I, I, I found it funny that the quotes that the article had were... I wouldn't say that they're probably from theater exhibition people. Odds are they're from studio heads of some kind. And they keep having these quotes such as um, such as here about the quality of the movies and differentiating what you see at home from the big screen experience as in terms of their concern being that they still don't trust audiences to differentiate between the two when I felt like that could be how you guys come in and change the game. Like you guys can make sure like that quality is doesn't look the same everywhere else. Like what I'm trying to say is that you guys are in control of this issue. You're complaining that, Ooh, we don't know about if audiences can understand quality differences. We don't know if there's enough on the release calendar to where people want to go back to the theaters. Well, you guys make this stuff. Yeah. Like you guys take care of this. If you want more stuff in theaters, okay, then add more stuff to the calendar. We're more than happy to try and have an even more robust calendar than yeah. what we're looking at with 2023, which looks to be great. Yeah. No, it's a. I would put it up as far as us not having a, a real, like, solid set of franchises built up where we have real Avengers movies, where we have real Harry Potters and Hunger Games and things like that set out for a summer run. Yeah. I mean, this is... This is really like some world building that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. I think this is all great. I mean, Disney live action movies. I mean, I Little Mermaid's going to have backlash because people are... The race swapping <laughs> of it all. Yeah. 
people are people. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's going to be I, I don't think it's gonna be any different than Beauty and the Beast, then I think it's really gonna excite people because mm-hmm. it just is Disney live action. They can't they can't screw it up too bad. I'm hopeful. Ho- ho- hopefully. <laughs> hopefully they keep it keep it close. Yeah. I mean, we need it, but there's I have an incredible amount of optimism for this year, especially with the schedule, especially with another Tom Cruise movie in the summer. Mm. I'll take it. Every yeah. summer un- until, you know, the Scientology aliens take him away, he needs to give <laughs> us one of these movies every summer and just keep filming back to back to back to back until he collapses. Well, d- following 2023 is when we're going to have mission impossible eight dead reckoning part two yeah that's in 2024 we have this in 2023 and top gun was last year that's three years oh perfect yeah sign me up for that and if you're if if they're not already in production on some sort of top gun threequel i i don't know how to help you paramount right right (laughs) if you're not already writing scripts doing pre-production on all these things i don't know how to help you (laughs) you have this amazing franchise and i see you have movies like scream i get scream open but you have um oh ninja turtles on the schedule you know you can spend time being excited about ninja turtles let's just let's just cool it and make another top gun let's just (laughs) even if it makes a third of what this last one did Awesome. That's great. <laughs> That's what we're shooting for that here. That is great news. And film them back to back so we can make a third and then another third and it's still a $100 million movie. Boom. <laughs> Easy money. I Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what we want. I'm not looking I'm not looking to be ch- to ch- challenge all of all of the theaters like, you know what? If we really work hard and promote this really well, then we could make, you know, enough money to cover our bills. No. I want us to be printing money again like the 90s. <laughs> Sign me up for that. that Just sounds... give it the same name. Top Gun. Dead Reckoning. <laughs> part one and part two. Ooh, I, it must be a crossover. I do not care. Have Ethan Hunt just run across this, the wings of the stupid thing while it's airborne. I do not care. Well, I think you said it so beautifully that we don't need to touch on it anymore, but... These are going to keep popping up, and I'm so sick of it, but it's going to keep happening. And we're just going to be here to keep proving that that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, Hollywood Reporter. Um, just call yourself the reporter now, because apparently you don't <laughs> give two craps about actual Hollywood and no. making movies. Nope. And nope. supporting the box office. Uh, so, Ken, to wrap up this episode, do you have any pop culture topics or anything fun that you want to shout out, give attention to? I am genuinely excited about the press that 80 for Brady is getting. Yeah. <laughs> like these. Tell me more. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm seeing these sassy old ladies mm-hmm. everywhere and I'm, I'm shocked that they can like that. They actually made a movie yeah. at, the, at their age. I yeah. mean, I, I know 80 year olds and it's hard to get them to like get out of a chair. Right. Let alone, <laughs> let alone make a feature <laughs> film, <laughs> but they're getting rave reviews on all of their interviews. Um, you know, just the excitement that this is drumming up. I, yes, make sure if you have any sort of impediments in your theater, 80 for Brady is at the f- closest auditorium, the first door closest to the, <laughs> to the entrance or the exit. 
<laughs> make sure it's restroom accessible. Make sure there's no steps, no, no up there, because there will be a walker parade going in and out of this theater. Yeah, at least at least help them out. I am, I think that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I did have a theater um, that uh, told me they had, uh, what was the Kenneth Branagh movie last year? The black and white Belfast? one. Yes, Belfast? Yes, yeah. Belfast. They have an older audience, and they put Belfast in. Well, they have a runway theaters, one, two, three, and four. Mm -hmm. And they put Belfast just by happenstance in theater four at the end of the runway. And so they opened up Friday night and started selling tickets, started selling more tickets, started selling a lot of tickets to Belfast Mm -hmm. to where they were nearly selling out shows, but all these people were coming in, were coming in with canes and walkers and someone helping them get to and from the theater. <laughs> and so they get everybody in. Everybody seems there's nobody coming in and out of the theater during the movie. The movie ends, and there's a parade of senior citizens coming from this this theater and then going to a, a bench in the hallway and taking a five-minute rest <laughs> and then going to the next bench in the hallway. <laughs> and it's becoming like a, a pit stop fiesta where they're, they do not know how to get from the long end of the auditorium to the exit. <laughs> and so learn learn from their uh, interesting debacle. First theater, every time, if you have a mm. a movie that's got a, a much older demographic, because otherwise you'll need, an, at minimum, a, a golf cart, a maximum, an ambulance on standby. That reminds me of when I saw Fablemans and... They made sure to put Fablemans, even in the middle of the day, at the biggest auditorium of this 11-plex, um, where it has the most stairs, the most seats, farthest away from theaters, I don't know, one, two, three, four? <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm just worried about them sitting in my chair. Like, I ended up having the closest seats somehow. They all decided to sit way far in the back, so they're climbing all these stairs like it's Mount Everest. <laughs> And, of course, I hear mostly snoring halfway through the movie. I'm still enjoying myself, but I, I was thinking during that time, like, why are we in this theater for this movie? There is, it's great, but we don't need to be in the biggest one. You bring up a better point. Is there anything more comforting than a grandpa snoring? Like, you know you're in a good place. That's true. If, if grandpa's Most catching, comfortable. If grandpa's catching some Zs, you know, yeah. like, I, I'm I'm safe. I'm definitely warm. Yeah. <laughs> I probably had something to eat. <laughs> you know, now that he seems comfy, I'm kind of comfy in this <laughs> yeah, chair. I, I'm getting tired now. I'm thinking, getting tired Thinking now. about it. All right. What did you have for your pop culture topic this week? Well, we talked about playing earlier. We talked about how it opened to 10 million, over-exceeded expectations. So I saw that Gerard Butler went on the social media thanking everyone for showing up for this movie. And I'm pretty sure he did because even he was surprised that this movie made as much as it did opening weekend. But still, he seems humble about it. He seems like he's happy making these action movies and that they're still getting audiences to come to the theater and delivering on, you know, uh, a good time by the sounds of it. I'm going to see it tonight, actually. I'm I'm pretty excited about it now. What, so Whatever his his deal is with, with Lionsgate, it seems like it's kind of like a on and off again relationship where mm-hmm. like landscape's like oh come on do it again do it again <laughs> do that thing again that we like you to do and he's uh, like uh, just one more ride yeah <laughs> yeah i mean whatever deal he has with Lionsgate, i guarantee you it looks exactly like the deal briarcliff has with liam neeson where they keep getting these liam neeson films that's a good comparison <laughs> where it's just that's all they have 
And then speaking of which, Marlowe coming in a few weeks, Briar yeah. Cliff, Liam Neeson. He plays a 1920s detective. I think I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah, this one might be the end of it. Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of hope for that one. But I was going to say, whatever deal Lionsgate has with Gerard Butler, with uh, John Wick 4 coming out, Keanu Reeves' deal looks like a quadruple of whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. Oh, man. Well, good. I'm pumped for you to see Plane and let me let me know if you would think I would like it. I will <laughs> choose my enthusiasm more carefully. <laughs> Ken, it was decent i did i say that in the most monotone I way do possible not know whether or not you would like this film but if you did decide to see it i hope you do like it i hope you enjoy it <laughs> sounded like he said it's the best movie he's ever seen and i would love you it. guys heard it here <laughs> all right everyone well again have a happy national popcorn day have a great weekend and look forward to more episodes soon and um until then two more weeks till february we get Two wide releases that are going to break yeah. the bank. 80 for Brady and uh, what's the other one? Knock at the Cabin? Knock at the Cabin. Thank you. Going to blow the doors off. That is going to be a fun weekend. I'm I'm just pumped January isn't a, a giant steaming pile of you-know-what like we thought it was going to be. We all are. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at ScreenInsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.